Welcome back to Astronomy Daily. We've got some news about Artemis and Space Force, uh, the constellation Draco, and a Halloween asteroid. With your guest host, Steve Dunkley. So I hear you have some warmer weather at last. Has the rain finally gone away? Oh, Hallie, it's very extreme here. At the moment, we're having a warm patch with temperatures around 29 degrees Celsius or 84 degrees Fahrenheit. But I expect that rain will be back. It could be worse. You could be on Mars. I know how you love it when your car gets covered in dust. Oh, yes, the dust is a huge problem. No, the big problem is getting your car all the way up to Mars, Steve. Maybe we can ask Elon Musk. He has some experience with that sort of thing. True, but I don't think I like where this is going. How about some news, Hallie? No problem, Steve. I can handle the news and sorting out the spaceworthiness of your Toyota, too. The Allen Telescope Array is located at the Hat Creek Observatory in the Cascade Mountains of California approximately 300 miles to the north of San Francisco. It comprises an array of 42 antennas, each 6 meters in diameter which can be simultaneously used for both SETI and cutting-edge radio astronomy research. While it's is not the world's largest antenna array, it has the advantage of being able to examine large swaths of the sky and over a wide range of frequencies. Unlike other instruments that are mostly used for radio astronomy projects the ATA can devote large amounts of time to SETI searches. But it is used for other projects as well including a reconnaissance of star systems found to have planets, or planet candidates, by NASA's Kepler mission, and especially those planets in the so-called habitable zone. Since 2020, new improved receivers to garner both better sensitivity and a wider frequency range for the ATA have been under construction. Several new SETI observing programs are now being formulated to take advantage of this new hardware. Reports about the solar eclipse have been coming in since last week's final solar eclipse for 2022. A partial solar eclipse appeared in the skies above Europe, Northeast Africa, the Middle East and Western Asia. The moon creates a solar eclipse when it temporarily blocks light from the solar disk from reaching Earth and casts a shadow. In the case of a partial eclipse, the moon blocks only part of the solar disk and produces what looks like a bite out of the star. The eclipse began at 4.58 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 8.58 GMT, when the moon first began to cross the sun as seen from the northern Atlantic Ocean. It was visible to observers across most of Europe, as well as parts of Northeast Africa, the Middle East and Western Asia, and ended at 9.01 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 13.01 GMT, just south of India, right in time for a glorious sunset. And don't forget everyone, there is a lunar eclipse coming shortly. For the first time in three years, SpaceX's Falcon Heavy was ignited in a static fire test at Pad 39A at NASA's Kennedy Space Center last Thursday. By all reports, the rocket aced the test a SpaceX spokesperson announced on Twitter. Static fires, in which a rocket's first stage engines are briefly ignited while the vehicle remains anchored to the ground, are a common pre-launch trial. The completion of the milestone keeps the Heavy on track to launch the USSF. 44 mission for the U.S. Space Force on Tuesday, November 1st, SpaceX said in Thursday's tweet. Maybe I need some backing music for this one, Steve. Okay, here we go. Wow. Thanks, Steve.
For the first time in three years, SpaceX's Falcon Heavy was ignited in a static fire test at Pad 39A at NASA's Kennedy Space Center last Thursday. By all reports, the rocket aced the test a SpaceX spokesperson announces on Twitter. Static fires, in which a rocket's first stage engines are briefly ignited while the vehicle remains anchored to the ground, are a common pre-launch trial. The completion of the milestone keeps the heavy on track to launch the USSF-44 mission for the U.S. Space Force on Tuesday, November 1st, SpaceX said in Thursday's tweet. And that's all the latest. Back to you, Steve. <laughs> yes, we can't help ourselves when there's a Space Force story, even when it really is about Artemis. And while we're talking about Artemis, there's a quick update here. As you know, it'll be NASA's first big step toward returning astronauts to the lunar surface. Artemis 1 will be the first test flight of the agency's new space launch system known as the SLS Mega Rocket and the Orion Crew Capsule. The SLS will launch the uncrewed uh, Orion spacecraft on an approximately 42-day mission, during which it will orbit the Moon before returning to Earth. Artemis 1, according to NASA's Facebook post this morning, is now currently scheduled for launch on Sunday, November 13 at 1.30pm UTC. That's 12.30am uh, Tuesday in my part of the world, which is uh, the east coast of Australia from Launch Complex 39B at NASA's Space Kennedy Center in Florida. They say great things are worth waiting for. Let's hope so. Scientists are measuring the vast distances of far-off galaxies by examining their brightness, and oddly, it's the space Hubble Space Telescope that's helping them measure another of Edwin P. Hubble's discoveries. The bright heat from this celestial monster galaxy, spotted by the Hubble Space Telescope, is nothing to be feared despite its name, Dracaris, in the constellation Draco, meaning dragon. In fact, it's a super helpful tool that helps gauge the expansion of the universe. The spiral galaxy UGC 9391 is located within the constellation Draco, the dragon, a long serpentine patch of sky that never appears in the southern sky because of its location near the celestial North Pole. Astronomers have peered into this sliver of sky between the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper because of the, the light from certain stars within galaxy UGC 9391 are special beacons. A recently published image from the Hubble Space Telescope showcases UGC 9391 against a backdrop of ultra-distant galaxies and a September 30 image description calls it lonely. What it lacks in company, it makes up for in character. According to the European Space Agency's description, Galaxy UGC 9391 is packed with two fascinating light sources, Cepheid variable stars and Type 1a supernova. These help astronomers figure out distances in space. The image is from a set of Hubble observations which astronomers use to construct the Cosmic Distance Ladder, a set of connected measurements that allow astronomers to determine how far the most distant astronomical objects are. 
Variable stars are those with changing brightness. Cepheids are a type called intrinsic, meaning it's not to say that an object orbits the star and blocks its light occasionally. Rather, these weird stars change size and brightness themselves, and it's a well-understood phenomena. So their brightness is a reliable asset to then determine how far away a galaxy is. Thanks to the Hubble Space Telescope, astronomers can then investigate a phenomenon that also bears the name of the astronomer Edwin Hubble. The outward rate of expansion of the universe, also called Hubble's constant, and this galaxy in the dragon of the northern sky has helped light the way. Astronomy Daily, the podcast. A newly discovered potentially hazardous asteroid, almost the size of the world's tallest skyscraper, is set to tumble past Earth just in time for Halloween, according to NASA. The asteroid is called 2022 RM4 and has an estimated diameter of between 1,083 and 2,428 feet, that's 333 and 740 metres, just under the height of Dubai's 2,716 foot tall or 828 metre Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building, and it'll zoom past our planet at around 52,500 miles per hour, that's 84,500 kilometres per hour, or roughly 68 times the speed of sound, according to NASA. At its closest approach on November 1, the asteroid will come within one 0.43 million miles, that's 2.3 million kilometres of Earth, around six times the average distance between Earth and the Moon. By cosmic standards, this is a pretty slender margin. And that's all we have for this episode of Astronomy Daily. Thank you for joining us and our regular reminder that you can find all the episodes of Space Nuts and Astronomy Daily at this address, spacenuts.io. So head over there and click the links. Enjoy your fill of space science and stuff. I'm Steve Dunkley sitting in for big bro Andrew, who has gone walkabout. Any message for our listeners, Hallie? I'd love to see our listeners' comments on the Facebook page. That's a great idea. Jump over to Space Nuts Podcast Group and say hi. Awesome. And I've been thinking, Hallie, I don't think sending my lovely SUV to Mars is such a great idea. I kind of need it. I know, Steve. Elon Musk's office hasn't returned my call anyway, so let's just forget it. Yeah, that suits me, Hallie. And I think his answering machine kind of likes me. Oh, too much charm, Hallie. You'll have to dial it back a bit. Too right. Say goodnight, Hallie. Good night, everyone. See you on the flip side. Wednesday, the podcast with your guest host, Steve Dunkley.